This is Tag Box Talk, and this is Horse Stories with a Purpose. Who are we? We are equine educators, but we are owners. We are judges. We are competitors. We are coaches. We are volunteers. We are moms. We are horse owners just like you, and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose. Welcome to Extension Horses Tack Box Talk Series, Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Heine, and today we have Colleen Brady from Purdue University and a special guest, Leanne Zobi, who is the owner of Come Again Farms, uh, which is located in Sheridan, Indiana, a little bit north of Indianapolis. So our topic today is actually how uh, horse owners and barn owners are handling the restrictions and all of the activity and new world we live in with COVID-19. So welcome, Colleen and Leanne. Thanks, Chris. Nice to be here. Thank you. So to give us a little bit of background, Colleen, you actually board your horse. Um, our, our, what's your new horse again? I know we've met him over our podcast series. Um, his name is Bo, and he actually lives at Come Again Farm, and uh, Leanne takes care of him for me. So, Leanne, you own a boarding stable training operation. Tell us a little bit uh, about the business that you run. I have a boarding stable that also I teach lessons, and, and I also host horse shows and clinics with uh, some top riders in eventing. So, how many horses do you have uh, or boarders at your farm? Right now, I have 28. 28 horses. Okay. So pretty substantial. Horses, yes. So how have you been coping or handling uh, the pandemic right now? Have you had to change anything in what you've been doing? Yes. I ended up shutting my barn down when Indiana went to the no travel, essential travel only restrictions. It seemed like the safe thing to do for everybody involved. So Indiana went under some pretty strict restrictions then. Is that a few weeks ago? Yes, two weeks ago, actually. So essentially, once the governor made that mandate, you made the decision to um, sort of slow down operations, close operations. What did you What did you have to do? Well, first, I had a show in March before the restrictions that I ended up canceling because I just didn't think it was a good idea to encourage people to travel and come together when we didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And then I instituted some restrictions, some sanitary restrictions in the barn to try to keep things open and running and keep everybody safe. But when they issued the the no travel ban or no travel warning, I decided that it was just impossible to keep people six feet apart in the barn and get everything disinfected as uh, I felt was necessary to continue operations. So did you try for a while to disinfect after everybody had been there? Um, so tell me a little bit about what your routine was before you made the decision to shut down. Well, my protocol kept evolving as I thought of things, but the first thing that I started doing was six feet apart for everybody and then disinfecting with the Clorox mix anytime somebody touched something. So if they came in the barn and they touched the handle on the tack, the, the doorknob on the tack room, I expected them to Clorox that after they touched it and with anything, the cross ties, <clears throat> any common surfaces to stay, to keep people out of the tack room at, at the same time. And I had cut my lessons down to one or two people per lesson instead of groups of three or more um, in their jumping lessons. So I cut all that down and changed all that. And it was just hard 
to be sure that everybody was able to follow those protocols. Again, I just wanted to keep everybody safe and follow the governor's desire to keep everything shut down. And I think people really Sorry. tried, really <laughs> tried hard to do that. But it, it it's amazing if you think about all the different surfaces you touch that you might not even think about, you know, the door of the tack room and your equipment, you might have to move somebody else's something out of the way. And then you touch the latch on the door and the halters and other parts of the door and the gates and the keys to the tack rooms. I had three people standing around the, the door of the tack room with a key that wouldn't go in the door because I had corroded the lock with Clorox and it froze. I had Clorox, the water in the Clorox froze in the door. It's silly stuff like that that you just don't think about on a on a regular basis. So, it, like I said, my, my protocols kept evolving as I thought of things. So, Colleen, had you gone to go see Bo during the period of time where um, the barn was open and Leanne was still trying to keep everything clean? I actually had not because we decided in our family, uh, my, my husband's mom is elderly and um, he still provides a lot of support for her um, and that sort of thing. So, we had uh, decided to pretty much shelter in place um, as soon as they started basically both when his employer and my employer said okay work at home um, about that time we both decided that we were going to take that pretty seriously and and we've pretty much shut down uh, since then. So I was wondering yeah if the borders at the beginning were like were they feeling a little paranoid with with Leanne you following them around to try to disinfect everything they touch and like what if one of them got out of your sight? No everybody here is really good I will say that that's that really was not the big problem they actually were um, I had bleach um, bottles and bleach mixture at all strategic places so I wasn't following them around I was expecting them to do it and then I would go through the barn in the mornings and the evenings and usually one other time and uh, disinfect everything, spray everything down. But I can't, I mean, when you just think about going to a, a barn, there's so many things that we touch. Like I can't even imagine, you know, grooming a horse and taking them up and the halt, like all of the things that are going to be involved with me riding my horse. Brooms, shovels, you name it cross you know how many times do you walk underneath cross ties that somebody else has got horses and cross ties and put your hand on the cross ties oh sure how many times do you reach over and hand your friend something i mean i was i was very paranoid and people would try to hand me things and i would back up from them and hold my hands up and say nope six feet apart guys <laughs> um you know it i have an 87 year old father and i'm his primary caretaker so i've been very careful since early march to, to keep my distance and it's just hard. Nobody's used to doing this. I think it might be a little easier now mm -hmm. because everybody's in it for a couple of weeks. But, you know, before before this really was taken terribly seriously um, by our by our gut, basically by the government, it was hard for people to get their head around it. So, and I think the other reality is with the barn that even with all the disinfecting we can try, you know, ideally, there's no organic matter on whatever you're trying to disinfect in order to maximize the effectiveness, no matter what the disinfectant is. And you can't keep a barn clear of organic matter. It's just not, it's just not possible. It makes disinfecting a, a much greater challenge when we're always covered with dirt and dust when we go to the farm. That's <laughs> part of the process. We, we do have robust immune systems from it, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so 
what is the bar like now? So you don't have your your boarders or your owners coming in. There's still 28 horses there. So is who's caring for all of them right now? I I care for them, and then my my staff is still coming in. I have two part time people and a stall cleaner, and I go through when I do night check at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I go through and I spray everything, all the door latches, everything down that any of us might have inadvertently touched, all the tools, uh, the stall cleaning tools. And then in the morning when I go out, I disinfect it again after he's been here, just spray everything down again that he would have touched, light switches, outlets, door latches, halters, anything that I can, you know, just basically everything in the barn. And then my, my, help has also been self-isolating at home so we're all very careful and disinfect after after each other and keep our keep at least a minimum of six feet frequently more if we have to get close we wear masks and gloves so it does sound like you're taking a lot of precautions to keep yourself your family and then your staff um, pretty safe through this process well I, that was one of the things i wrestled with before I closed was how do I keep my staff safe? How do I keep the people who come here? How do I keep them from getting at risk? You know, not just because it's not just about me, it's also about them. And then with me, it's not just about me, it's also about my father. So you have to take all of that into account in making decisions. It's really hard to make a decision like that because I know how important these horses are to all of my boarders and my boarders are all my friends as well. And to tell them that they can't come see their horse for a while is is not a decision that anyone makes lightly. So Colleen, I, I mean, we, we've met Bo, right, remotely and, and talked about this great new horse that you have. How are you taking it? I know horses are always our sort of stress relief and our social outlet in these times. So has it been hard for you? How are you handling the, the not having that horse access? Well, I was actually just having this conversation on email, so safely, with a friend from the barn today after um, Leanne had sent us an update about where we were and and things like that. And, you know, that's one of the things when you think about missing riding and stuff like that. But I think especially in a boarding barn, a lot of times you miss the community and, and the people because we're really fortunate in our barn that, you know, it's a group of people that actually enjoy each other and enjoy each other's company and we hang out and watch each other ride and we watch each other take lessons you know and it's just even just about the riding a lot of it's about the community but where we're also and it's a great community it's a great great, community it is a great community super supportive um but we're blessed because just as standard management the horses all get turned out every day for multiple hours a day and it really helps me that even if I'm not there, that Bo is still having all of his essential needs met. He's getting daily turnout. He's out with other horses. All his socialization needs are getting met. And of course, then all of his, his physical needs too. So I don't, I don't have to worry that he's actually standing in a stall for all this time. So it sounds like because you've got a great relationship with Leanne that you can trust that everything is, is going on uh, well for you. Absolutely. And she sends pictures and updates um, to everybody. I got one today of Bo about half a second. He had night turnout last night and he was looking a little drowsy because who knows what they were up to last night in the middle of the night. But um, that's a great idea, Leanne. You send pictures of the your owner's horses for them so they can sort of stay in touch. 
I do, and little video clips. So how it, is it? Is it more stressful for you kind of being on your own there at the farm? And certainly, you know, I can't even imagine as a small business owner the sort of the concerns about continuation and financial stress. Like, are you sleeping okay? Should we be worried? You know, I'm fortunate in that I... I've got I've got some money saved back for for a rainy day, which is certainly it's rain you know it's certainly a rainy day. Um, be able to keep my staff on and pay my staff. I have enough money to that it's not a worry for me for a couple months. So as long as the board keeps coming in, those things are are taken care of. Plus, I I will say I've got a couple of boarders who've been super super supportive and have gone ahead and paid for their lessons even though they're not here. So that helps as well. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not somebody who, who worries about, about being alone. So that part's not as hard as I think some other people, maybe, you know, I have the horses and the dogs and the, I see my staff, so I'm not, I'm not completely alone out here. That's socially isolated at the, at the barn. So I was going to say, there's only so socially isolated you can be with German, with three German, two German dogs. Yeah. Short hairs, but then got to remember Potter's a wire hair with three large. Yeah. Oh, how lonely can you be? I'll tell you what else is weird about this. Um, I I've been walking in this around these roads out here for the last five or six years, and today when I was out walking, I ran into four other people walking. I have never run into one person, and today I ran into four <laughs> out walking down the roads in the countryside. Yeah. Well, that's good. People are getting outside. I mean, being outside in nature is very restorative. So I would encourage everybody, if they're allowed to, <laughs> to, to get outside, just maintain your distance. But uh, nature can be good for us. So Leanne, so Colleen sounds like she was pretty supportive of her decision, largely because she was worried about, you know, being a, a factor for her immunocompromised um, members of the family. Did you have any pushback with this decision or because it was sort of a statewide mandate, everybody was sort of on board with it? I think that everybody on my barn knows that I always try to be very reasonable about most things. And I think that thanks to that history of being relatively reasonable, that when I said this was what we needed to do, that they, number one, they're all pretty bright. So they knew that as well. And not not one person has really given me any pushback or been unhappy with me. So that really helps. So do you have any advice for other um, barn owners or even people that are boarding horses that, that would help folks get through? Again, we don't really, it's, it's new day to day. Everything uh, tends to be new and we don't know how long it's going to be, but yeah, any tips from the front lines on for our, our boarders and barn owners? Well, I said to somebody before this really got to be mainstream serious, I had put into effect already that it was going to be like I prepare for a blizzard, which is generators are fired up so I know they run if I lose power so I can have water. I have extra meds, banamine, eye ointment, jute from the vet, SMVs as well from the vet in case I need to have those and they can't get here immediately. I get, I always have hay on supply. I buy all my hay at once. So um, I have hay, enough hay to get me through. I ordered extra grain so that I had six weeks worth of grain. And I got, I was able to get my sawdust that put delivery pushed up. So I was good for six weeks. Um, and I think if you can do that, that's extremely helpful. 
I'll say to anybody who's getting started in this business, because I've been doing it for a long, long time, make sure you save some money back so that these things don't stress you out more than they absolutely have to, because it's stressful enough without having to worry if you can pay your grain bill for the month. Charge enough for board to make that possible. Plan ahead. And just try to be prepared. That, that's great advice. And I think that, you know, the analogy of what would you do if a blizzard was coming, you know, we always use the hurricane. I forget that people up north prepare the same way with a, with a blizzard. So almost using that same disaster preparedness something like that um, can help you weather the storm, um, so to speak. I think another thing that's really important that Leanne mentioned, too, is that you know, she builds relationships with her boarders that we trust her to take care of our horses. I've talked to colleagues, you know, that do similar things that, you know, in their states, they have boarders that are loading up from barn A because barn A is closing and driving down to barn B because barn B is open. You know, I mean, there's nobody in our barn who would even consider doing that. But I think part of that comes from building that relationship with the owner to that you're a trusted partnership and you trust the person to, to take care of your horse. It's not just somebody to feed them and to provide a facility. There's a relationship. Um, and I think anybody that can work to build that and honestly, which might, and maybe Leanne can say this as long as she's been in the business, that if there are people that are boarding at your barn that aren't, willing to have that level of commitment to um, a trusting relationship, maybe they need to board someplace else before a crisis hits. That's very true. I don't have anybody that lasts very long that doesn't fit that mold. I tell people when they move in here, that's the driveway and they drove in that way. And if they get really unhappy here, I hope they talk to me first and that they understand that the driveway goes back out. And that I live here and I'm not the one who's leaving. Well, and I think too, you know, some, you know, if I could offer some words of advice to people too, this is a stressful time. And we all know that when uh, life is more stressful, our tempers get short, maybe our communication skills are not at their optimal edge. But for everybody to be mindful, we're all in this together and to be, you know, a little bit more forgiving because this has a, you know, a lot of stress on all of us. And yes, we love our horses and, and want to get out and see them, but um, trust the people that have their best interests at heart. Any final thoughts, uh, Colleen and Leanne? Well, I think it's about the trust thing, you know, and, and I think that if you're boarding with a person that you don't trust your horse's best interest in heart, at heart um, and as a priority, regardless of whether we're in the middle of a crisis or not, you know, reevaluate whether that's as a board or whether that's the place that you're comfortable um, having your horse. Think about if you're in this situation where there's a disaster and it's going to be a, an extended period of time and maybe not even a disaster. I travel a fair amount with my work. It may be two weeks, three weeks that I can't get to the barn because, you know, I'm traveling. Obviously, that's not happening now because we're barely leaving the house. Um, but, you know, I've been away from the barn as long uh, due to work travel as I have been um, due to this. And so, you know, make sure your, your, your horse is in a place that you trust that the people will care for it well. Um, and then when these things come up, that trust will, will carry over. And I would add to that is communicate. You know, it, it takes me 
not much extra time per day to take pictures of the horses when they are either having a nap or out and they just I catch them rolling, you know, when I'm out walking around the farm doing stuff out, to take a quick picture with my phone and send it to the owner and say, look what your horse, you know, look how happy your horse looks at the moment or look how sleepy your horse looks at the moment. And they know that I'm looking at them and that I'm taking care of them and that I'm aware of how they're behaving and if it's normal or not. So I think that uh, the communication on that is, is very helpful for both ways, for the owner and for the, for the barn owner. I think that's great advice. And it sounds like, you know, there's some, uh, as we all have been thinking about this lessons to be learned going forward, um, we all may have a little different perspective and, and think about things a little bit more in, in hopefully our soon post COVID uh, world. So I really appreciate Colleen and Leanne taking the time to speak with uh, me tonight and share a little bit of your experiences of what it's like uh, with a, a boarding barn uh, going through COVID. So thank you so much, guys. You're very welcome. Thanks for the phone call. Thank you, Chris, for having us on. All right. And until next time, that's been Tech Box Talk Series for Stories with a Purpose. Bye.